Happy Sunday and welcome to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. And more and more, our kids are asking for their electronics. They're bored. Mom, I want the iPad. Mom, can I play on your phone? Mom, can I get on the computer? And um, I won't lie. It scares the living daylights out of me. My kids are not allowed on my phone whatsoever. Um, My iPads for the kids. They're all password protected. They do not know the passwords. They need to come to me. And it's just like, for a lot of people, they're thinking, Pina, but your life is on social media. Your life is online. Why are you so against your kids getting online? And um, I'm going to explain. And so with me today, I have a returning guest, amazing friend of the show. He is our like social media networking guru. And I'm talking about Paul Davis. Uh, Paul does talks to, uh, to kids in schools all across Canada and the United States on how to keep um, them safe when they are online. And, uh, and he even talks to parents about it. Paul, how are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm good. I'm so good. Thank you. Um, and I know we haven't, it hasn't been that long. I had you on just a few months ago, but I was uh, like, was I just, need to get uh, all back. Yeah, it was uh, right after the pandemic started. So we're in a much better place now than we were then, but um, still in it, but happy to be back. Yeah, it's, uh, the kids are in school now. Excellent. Then we were all in lockdown and we we're like, how, you know what I mean? Like, what do we do to keep the kids like, uh, entertained and um, not losing our minds as parents while we're trying to work from home at the same time. And a lot of people were turning to electronics back then and just saying, here, take the device, take the device. Um, I was guilty. I was guilty of that saying, okay, guys, here, here's iPad time. Go for it. Um, but now they're in school. So that's good. <laughs> well, I do remember vividly the last time we were on, uh, you were interrupted, I think three or four times and you were kind of motioning with your right arm, shoe, get away. I'm on. So I remember that vividly. Yeah. And now you're happy because they're in school. That's awesome. (laughs) Do you see the smile on my face? They are back in school. It is all good. And, um, and since then, Paul, something has, um, has been catching the eye of a lot of people, especially parents. And that is a Netflix uh, I believe it's just uh, exclusive to Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma. Have you watched it? I absolutely did. I watched it a few weeks ago. Um, I have to say I was expecting more. Okay. And I think it's because I'm just so close to the social media world. I live and breathe this social media world on a daily basis that I already knew a lot of the stuff that they were talking about. Um, but I think it is like so important for parents to watch, especially if you're not familiar with what goes down, how social media works, how we are marketed, and so much more. Yeah, and so there was a very important component. And when the movie came out, I lost count as to how many DMs I got on my Facebook page that people thought about me when they watched it, my followers. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I got to watch this. I but thought about I, you. <laughs> and I thought, okay, you know what? I have to dedicate time. So I remember I was flying to Calgary that week and I was doing some presentations in person in a pandemic, believe it or not. And I said, you know what? On a plane, I'm going to focus. There's not going to be any disruptions. And I'm going to be very, very objective. So that is where I watched that No distractions from beginning to end. And I'm very torn about the movie. I've got some positives. I have some negatives. 
Is it a must watch? I absolutely believe that every parent should watch it with their child with no devices present. Make sure you're uninterrupted and watch it objectively and then question some of the content and have a discussion. And we'll have a discussion about it. But that is how I would approach a family watching this movie. Sit down, devices away, open minded, don't have any preconceived notions of what people told you about it and then watch it and then formulate your own opinion. But understand at the very core what it's trying to communicate to you. And I think you will benefit tremendously. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Um, I want to know, though, from your point of view, what were the things that you thought were like great? And what were the things that you weren't so happy about? Because there was one thing in particular that I am so pissed that they like they missed. And that was, um, you know what, I want to hear from you first, and then I'll tell you what I'm, I'm annoyed about that they didn't, they didn't focus more attention on. So what did I like about it? I liked about, I liked about the fact that they brought to most people's attention, and you and I are in the know, about manipulation of social media. It's always been out there. Yeah. Facebook mm-hmm. was the pioneer of manipulation, meaning how to market mm-hmm. to you, how to gather information from you, how to lead you down rabbit holes that you never thought you'd want to visit before. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't impact me, but I think it was a good eye-opener for a lot of people. I liked so in the docu-movie, so it's a documentary, plus there's this little movie in between it of this family that's wrapped up in social media. I like a lot that girl in the family because I think it reflects very accurately how some kids, especially females, are becoming disconnected from families because of their devices, the inability to put a device down, how she looks at herself in the mirror, how she questions herself. And I thought if parents read into that, and they see it, they might see something at the dinner table that perhaps before they hadn't seen, and that could open their eyes. So there's some really good points throughout that movie. Of the family, that was probably, to me, the best part. What was I disappointed in? Well, let's just be honest. Everybody that's interviewed in that movie is sitting with tens of millions of dollars in the bank, and now all of a sudden Mm -hmm. they feel the need to come and speak out about this. When, so morals, when morals and the, values. Exactly. <laughs> so when they were programming the algorithm, when they were at the corporate office, it didn't bother them. But when they build up their stock options, when they, when they cashed out their stock options, and then all of a sudden they developed an, a moral and ethical backbone to say, you know what, I think, it, no, that didn't sit well with me whatsoever. Yeah. If you went into a company now and you started questioning people and you got this, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll take it a little bit differently. So that piece bothered me. Were they delivering truths? They were delivering a lot of truths. But again, what bothers me is that now it's too late. So what you did was you created a monster, you impacted a large majority of the population, and now you feel bad about it, and now you're you're giving us warnings? Well, you've been around for 15 years with these algorithms and these manipulative ways, and all of a sudden now you want to change the world? Yeah, it's a little too late. I'm glad that it's an eye-opener. It's a little too late, though. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I love the fact that they had the storyline of the family. Um, I love the fact that they had the the teenage daughter who was the one just kind of like stopping to think and question social media. Is she actually reminded me of you? <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, if Paul Davis was in this, this would be his character. Um, 
I totally agree with uh, the people that they were interviewing, like on your side of, of things. Um, yeah, it's just like the moral and ethics come in now. Their values come in now after everything is said and done. Um, and we know, like, Paul, we've been on the forefront of social media from the beginning, both of us. And so it's not something that was just created yesterday. It's been around a long time, a long, long time. One thing, and I know that you are big on this as well, that I am so pissed that they, they just scratched the surface on this and then let it go. And I'm like, no, that was the mental health aspect of it all. Right. They just scratched the surface. And I'm like, I was waiting. I'm like, okay, so when are they going to dive into this? When are they going to dive into this? But they kept on going with the whole, um, how we are marketed to, which is great. And it's important to understand that and know how social media works on that line. But the mental health, um, aspect of it is huge. And I think that that is something that as parents, we need to be like, that needs to be our number one priority. I absolutely agree. And they did not bring any mental health experts in it. If you want to look at the docu movie that's within the documentary, you might attribute a bit of that. You have to read into it with the boy and how that boy got wrapped up in the conspiracy theory. So his mental health was impacted tremendously oh, yeah. because of how he got wrapped up through the manipulation, going down the rabbit hole, and then he got messed up and he got involved in something he never thought he would end up in. So you could read into that, but they did not bring any experts in the field to say, oh, by the way, what is happening on social media impacts your child and your health, your state of mind in these ways. And you are absolutely correct. That's where they missed the ball completely in addressing that. Now, I'm not a mental health expert. Have I dealt with many of them? I've dealt with many of them throughout my nine years of speaking to students. Why? Because they attend my presentation. They give me feedback, but I am not in a position to address it because I'm a cyber guy. I'm not a mental health guy. So do I have my stories? Absolutely. Can I convey them? No, because it's not my level of expertise. Is there a correlation? One thousand percent and the correlation is the amount of time first of all the social media platforms the amount of time spent on social media platforms towards mental health but parents have to do their homework when it comes to that definitely um and i think one of the major things and it's something you always speak on is you know what age do we allow our children to gain access to some of these social media platforms at what age do we put a device in their hand? At what age do we give them their own device? You know, there's so much to that. Really briefly, before we go to break, Paul, yep. why don't you maybe remind all our parents <clears throat> listening um, what the ages are? Uh, it's very clearly laid out in uh, perfectly legible grade five English. You will not use Instagram unless you are 13 years of age. Facebook, 13. TikTok, 13. Instagram, 13. Snapchat, 13. I've just laid it out. They're in what's called the terms of service, which no one wants to read, but it's there. And the wording doesn't say that you may not or should not or ask mommy and daddy. It states <laughs> you will not use it. That's a directive. So now when kids are put on these platforms at a young age, we are impacting their mental health. And we can talk about that later. But the reality is that parents respected those rules and they told their children, no, until you're a certain age, you're mature enough, you're old enough. Um, and I will guide you, help you as best as I can. 
we can prevent a lot of mental health issues simply by making sure they respect the rules, which is 13 years of age throughout North America globally, actually. And when you go talk to students at school, how many kids under the age of 13, would you say roughly ballpark, are on social media? Well, out of 620,000 students that I've spoken to in person, I have my numbers, but that's dated back until March, and I like to be current. So since my virtual school presentations, effective September, I can't see the kids, but I ask the kids the same questions, the teachers, Give me a approximate amount and the number of students that I've spoken since I've spoken to them in September. 60% of grade four, five, sixes are on either TikTok, Instagram, or Snapchat. 60% of kids way under the age of 13 are on platforms they're not allowed to be on. My mouth just dropped. My kids are nine, seven, and five. Samantha is the oldest in grade four. She does not have any accounts. Her friends do. Her friends are like, it's harmless. The parents are like, you know, um, they, they just do videos and everything's like locked down. It's a private account. It's fine. And here I am. I'm like, I know so much about social media. And I'm thinking to myself, it's not fine. But we each, you know, you do you. I do me. I'm not here to judge anyone. Right. right. Um, but it is. It is absolutely terrifying. And like like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. I do have iPads for the kids, um, but they each have their um, passwords. They're password protected. The kids do not know the passwords. They right. need to come to me to unlock it. And then I'm like, hey, Google, or I set the timer on the, um, on the oven. And I'm like, okay, you've got a certain amount of time. Once that timer goes off, I want the devices back. And they're always in front of me. They never leave the room. They're never in their bedrooms with it. Because that's a big no-no, according to Paul. No Ooh, devices in the bedroom. I always Excellent. think Paul's advice. So absolutely not. Um, if they're on YouTube, it is YouTube Kids. And I'm monitoring to see what they are on. Um, we're talking all about social media today, about social media safety. We just spoke about the social dilemma. We're going to talk more about things like TikTok, how to keep our kids safe. And uh, the do's and don'ts. So don't go anywhere because we'll be back. This is the Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back. It is Sunday night and you are listening to the Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I am your host, Tina Frislow, ChicMama.ca. And with me, I have my great friend, social media guru, like the man to speak to if you want to talk social media. I'm talking about Paul Davis, Paul I love you. Like, I, I don't know how else to say it. Like, you're the best. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> you're number one fan here. And we always have you on the show here. You always have great advice. Um, and you know what? You, your number one priority is keeping our kids safe, which yep. I appreciate. I love. Um, we spoke a little bit about the social dilemma. The film slash documentary, whatever you want to call it, that is on Netflix, by the way, if you would home that are listening to the show right now have not watched it we encourage you to watch it um with your kids and and talk about it um but right before the break we started to get into um social media accounts and at what age these kids are should be jumping on or are allowed legally to jump on and have an account and paul you said plain and simple 13 years old it's written out in perfectly legible grade five english now Having said that, 
Um, yes, those are the terms of service. Now, can you debate me as to whether it should be older? I would love a debate anytime. Yeah. So you could debate me that it's 14 or 15. And, you know, when I look at the different social media platforms, I give them different levels of um, concerns. But if there's one platform that I'm not a big fan of, I haven't been a big fan since it became the new name, which it was changed when it was acquired, is TikTok. I would argue that that platform should have an older age restriction for a boatload of reasons. But it is, okay, so before the social dilemma, when the social dilemma was made, TikTok was just kind of exploding. And so they never got any expert from that part of the business to speak about it. They were talking about, obviously, the experts from Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that. Those were the mainstays for social media for now over a decade. Yeah. TikTok. Although it's relatively new, it, it was initially called Musical.ly. And then it was acquired by a company called ByteDance out of Singapore. They moved the servers over to a foreign land. They renamed it to TikTok, and this massive explosive growth occurred on it. And parents have this very false sense of what the product is. Now, you know what it is. I know what mm-hmm. it is. But in the eyes of many and parents, but mostly moms, and I'm sorry, but it is. is hey, that, it's, it's, say it's, it like it is. I'm going to be honest with you. It's you a Four kids create cute little dances. And the number of times I hear parents saying, oh, it's cute. It makes my stomach turn because it's not cute. Number one, forget, let's, before we talk about the platform, let's talk about the privacy violations. So a certain president threatened to ban TikTok. I remember the day he made that statement, I stated boldly, publicly, the ban will never happen. So don't worry, it's not going to be banned, and I've been true to this day. The reason the ban was quote-unquote, put in place, you know, is because of geopolitical reasons with China. Is it a threat to security? Well, the United States military banned every military employee and TSA agent in the United States January of 2020, not from using TikTok, but from simply having it on their device because it violates privacy in terms of data mining. So if you're a parent and you have TikTok on your device, I would urge you, if I were a friend of yours, get rid of it off your platform. You have no idea what it's extracting from your device simply by having it or not even using it. And by the way, if you don't believe me, just go and read their terms of service. It states it, that this is what happens when you download the app. So privacy violations, 1,000%. I can share a ton of stories. We don't have time for that. Want to have a platform in TikTok? It should not be on your private smartphone with any banking applications, with any personal emails, nothing. Get rid of it, get off of it. That's the privacy aspect. You can dig deeper into that. The product itself, Peanut, you know as well as I do, it's not all cute videos. It's evolved. It's evolved to a point where it's impacting the mental health of our young children because they're being impacted by what they're seeing. And if you go to the TikTok website, and I posted it on my Facebook page, two weeks ago, TikTok announced that between January in June of 2020, they removed 104 million videos that violated the terms of service. 40% of those videos were videos that included nudity, pornography, sexuality, and self-harm. So in context, 40 million videos of that nature were removed. So when mom and dad think that it's cute for their eight-year-old to be on platform like TikTok, and they get subjected to that content, those parents are now at fault subjecting their child to content that they were told you're not old enough to be on and now you've been exposed to it. And so now what happens? They seek out help. They go to therapists. They go to counselors. If parents would have respected the rule, that child would never, ever have been impacted by that inappropriate content. And TikTok can't keep up with it. But Paul, 
these parents are saying, um, it's okay that my kid's on TikTok. Like you said, it's cute. It's fun. They're just doing dances. Their account is a private account. What they fail to realize is that the accounts that are coming up on their child's For You page are not private. And this is where they are getting the videos that, inc- that, that are violent, that include nudity, that include pornography, um, and that include um, some other scary stuff. Off the air, you had mentioned something to me, which I did not know. You had mentioned a video that happened on Facebook that then circulated through TikTok. And this is something that I want, like, please, if you are listening at home, I need you to pay attention to what Paul is going to say now. Because if our kids see something like this, it will mess them up for their entire life. And who's responsible for it? Us as parents who allow them on these platforms. 1,000%. When this incident occurred, it impacted me so much. And by the way, the incident, I'm not going to say I was desensitized to because I I have seen it, but I'm also a human being. It impacted me. Why it impacted me personally is because I was thinking about the children. I immediately jumped onto my Facebook page and I did a Facebook collab and I said, parents, I'm still a little in that emotional stage right now, but here's what is happening right now on TikTok. And I urge you to make sure your child is not on there. So what happened? An adult male was on Facebook. He did a Facebook Live. He committed suicide. He took a gun. And when I say graphic, I'm talking about pieces of a person's head were splattered all over a screen and the place that he committed suicide on. That video was captured and then was uploaded to TikTok. It became part of the For You page, what you just alluded to. So people that were scrolling, looking for the cutest of videos, you see how the TikTok algorithm works is that if something is posted and it gets a lot of likes and a lot of comments, the algorithm picks up saying, you know what, this is popular. This person may want to see it. So now a child who's looking at something online, all of a sudden subjected to someone committing suicide very, very graphically. You cannot erase what you've just seen. No amount of money, therapy, counseling, or prayer is ever going to remove what that child just saw. And I said to myself, this is horrible. So now, TikTok was under a lot of pressure. We need to remove it. Now remember, artificial intelligence does not have emotions or a conscience. It has to be trained. So it's not trained to look at someone taking a gun to their head and what a piece of guts look like. So it was told to TikTok, by the way, inappropriate, inappropriate. So TikTok caught up to it and started removing the videos. But the bad people out there decided to do something else. They decided to splice the video. So they would start off with a video of someone doing a dance. God. Suicide video, splice it in between. So now we're throwing the algorithm off of TikTok. So it, again, it took another 72 hours for, uh, for TikTok to catch up to this. But millions upon millions of kids were exposed to it. And I will never forget this. A mother on my Facebook page said her six-year-old daughter saw it on her For You page. The girl that night, now she's 16. Now, let's, okay, eight and 16, night and day. But the 16-year-old couldn't sleep all night. These were the words of her mother because of what she saw. So look, even at 16, they're not old enough to process that. And you're going to put your eight-year-old on a platform that can't keep up with this garbage? That is a parenting issue. Yeah. It is. It's, it's major. I'm 40. If I were to see that, I don't know 
I would not be right. Like, I don't, I don't think the older you are, the more acceptable it is. Um, I think that I'm just, I'm lost for words. It is absolutely disgusting. And I think that we as parents, we need to do what we need to do to protect our children. They are our number one priority. And so when our kids come to us, because my kids have come to me and said, oh, mommy, can I be on TikTok? Because so-and-so's on TikTok and, you know, want to do dances and stuff like that. I look at them and I'm like, hell no. Hell no. Um, absolutely not. And it is for stuff like this. I, I alluded to, um, and I, I compare it to that whole, the whole thing where you can be driving on the road and you're fine. And you're following all the rules and abiding all the laws. But then you have that one idiot that decided to get behind the wheel uh, drunk. And, of course, they hit you. And you get hurt really badly or you die. It doesn't matter how safe you are. It's the people around us that we need to be careful with. And we don't know. You don't know what you are going to get on social media. So it's so important that you, you know what I mean, you look at your kid and you explain to them why they're not old enough and you You monitor their stuff. You know, I think in the next segment, and I'm kind of going ahead of myself here, I think we should talk about this false sense of you can teach someone to be safe on social media. It's a blatant outright lie. And it's for parents that are in absolute denial. You can't teach anyone to be safe on social media. And so I think we need to talk about, so Parents need to understand that the word no still exists. In the dictionary, it hasn't been removed. And then you're allowed to say no. And no is no. And so abstinence is the only way you will protect your child from being subjected to this horrible content. If you violate the terms of service and you think that they're mature enough, old enough, and able to handle it, when a child gets hurt, and I don't say if, I say when, because I view content every day as you do, it will happen. It's only a matter of time. Yep. You know what? We're going to, let's go right into it. So let's, then we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back because I want to hear what you've got to say, Paul. This is the Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is Sunday and you are listening to the Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're talking all about social media with our social media expert guru, the man, Paul Davis. Paul, okay. I, I don't even want to waste time. Right before the break, You had mentioned that you really want to take things in a certain direction. So I'm just giving you, I'm handing over the mic. Go for it. You know, the one thing that bothers me the most is when a parent has this belief, and again, I underline it's a belief, that you can teach someone to be safe on social media. I'll bring this up because I was actually criticized last month by a parent in Ontario who said, Paul, your strategy of telling children not to be on it when they are on it already is failing. Now, I'm a very politically correct person, obviously, through email. No, yeah. you're failing if you believe that. So I'm going yeah. to say it publicly. You see, you can't teach anyone to be safe. My objective is that kids keep safe. And by the way, even though I tell kids no social media, I tell them where they should be. And by the way, there's a ton of stuff to talk about that on a different show. But social media is not the place. And if you actually believe you can teach someone to be safe, maybe we should consult those individuals because I don't know they exist. And then tell them to talk to our prime minister our premier, our minister of education, every mayor across the city. If you have a social media platform, you are subjected to all the hate and all the content that comes your way. You cannot prevent it. So to think you can't, you can't protect an adult 
to be on social media. How do you logically believe you're going to protect a child? But then the argument is, well, if their account is private, stop believing privacy. Online privacy is a myth. It's never existed. It never will. So long as the individual has an account, they're subjected to all the content that comes their way. It could be through social engineering, sneaking into their account, hacking their passwords. Kids don't have good passwords. You know that as well as I do. But even if that is your belief that, okay, you know what, a private account, 10 friends, what about all the content that they'll be subjected to? There is one answer to this, which is if you're under 13, stay off it. And I will protect your child from being impacted by negativity, racism, violence, vulgarity, pornography. That is an absolute fact. Everything else is a belief which leads down a path of my child will be exposed and subsequently I'm going to need help for that child, which will cost me hundreds of dollars per session with a therapist because remember, they will never unsee what they've seen. There's exactly. a time and a place and we have to respect that time and place. Yeah. It's, for me, it's mind-boggling. Like, like I said, you know what? Oh, it's fine. My kid's account is private. Um, they're fine. But you can't, you have no control of what content other people are going to put out there and what will come across your child's account, their For You page, their Instagram feed, their Facebook page. Um, and so we really need to be mindful of this stuff and we need to be smart about this stuff because um, I don't know if anyone's noticed. Maybe I'm living in my own world here, Paul. You tell me. But depression, anxiety, stress, suicide, these are all things that have been on a steady rise with our children. And one of the common things, and I listen, I'm no expert. I am not, you know, I'm just telling you guys what I've seen. And one of the common denominators around all of this is social media. So I'm not the expert on all that, but I've read enough. And I can tell you from everything that I've read, it absolutely is a common denominator. And it, a lot of the studies that are out there, they'll actually break down who's being impacted most, which gender, which age group within the gender is being impacted. And the common denominator, as you stated, is social media. Now, it hasn't helped any that we've been locked up uh, during the initial two, three month phase where we were homebound. And we were using technology as our primary form of communication where we spent even more screen time. Um, it is, there is a connection. And so if we want to help with the stats and more importantly, help with our kids, imagine if a parent just said, you know what? All right, 13th age, I'm going to respect that. I'm going to let my kid be a kid. They can play online with games like Minecraft or Roblox because they can be safe in a private world. They can chat with their friends. If we give them the tools to be online, safely off of the hurtful platforms. These kids can engage with each other. They can talk to each other. They can educate with each other, games like Minecraft, for example, and they're not gonna be hurt and subjected to inappropriate content, pornography, violence, racism, well, all that other stuff. So if we go down the path of saying, my kid's gonna be a leader and not a follower, that kid will have an amazing time online. Remember, I am very pro-technology. I support it all the time. And so I'm am against, I. I'm against those children being on platforms that are hurting them. Because what's happening is we are actually taking away the innocence and the childhood of that individual by subjecting to the drama online, to the inappropriate content online. But those are specific to certain platforms, which happen to be social media. So if we remove them off those platforms and say, hey, you should be getting into computer programming, otherwise known as coding. You should get into robotics. You should get into making apps. 
missing the next great game. Why don't you open up your own website and share with the whole world what you love to do? Because, you know, what's having a website, there's no liking pictures, there's no commenting, there's no bullying, there's no threats. It's you and you're being a leader, not a follower. They can spend, Pina, they can spend so much time on technology, which will bother you as a parent, but at least it's productive time where they are creating and developing versus consuming, consuming, consuming. And there is good screen time. But right now, they're on bad screen time. And if we remove them off those platforms, these kids will be protected. But parents have to step up. This is a parenting 101 issue. They're allowing their children to dictate to them through guilt. Mom, my friend has that. Dad, my friend has an iPhone 12. I need one. And I need one now. And I need it in my bedroom because that's where all of our friends <laughs> talk to each other at midnight when I should be sleeping. And parents are being guilted into giving them the social media, the latest iPhone, the latest Android. Why? Well, because they are not parenting. They're caving to their children. And they need to step up their games. And my message to parents every night that I speak to them, now virtually, obviously, is that we are here be a parent we are not their friend uh, yeah i couldn't have said it better myself um my kids know better than to come and ask me for devices um like their own device they i have i have a slew uh, i have a drawer full of like my old iphones and usually other parents i see them they're like oh my old phone i'm gonna give it to my i'm gonna wipe it and give it to my kid i'm gonna wipe it and give it to my kid they are sitting in a drawer in my room. My children do not have access to them because why? They are nine, seven, and five and do not need a device. Um, it all comes down to parenting. We are talking social media with social media expert guru, Paul Davis. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back with more right here on The Parenting Show, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, chicmama.ca. We are talking all about social media on the show today. Um, social media with our kids, um, what is happening in our world, the world, I should say, of social media. And so with me, I've got my good friend, social media expert guru, uh, Paul Davis. He talks to kids all across the country, every single day, different schools, as well as the United States. And then he also talks to the parents. Um, and Paul, one of the things you always say, your trademark line is, the internet never forgets. And it doesn't. I'll tell you, when I speak to grade sevens to twelves, the first slide that they see as they're coming into my assembly is this black sign with the internet never forgets and a little logo I created. And I want it ingrained in their head because during my message, when we get into some very sensitive topics, I explain to them this. You probably forgot what you did last week. But I can tell you, if you took a picture of it, you'll be reminded in about 10 years from now or 20 years from now because although you and I forget what we do, if it's digital, the internet never forgets. And because the internet never forgets, it's not very forgiving. It doesn't care if you're upset, angry, emotional. It's always going to remind you, we know what you did, and we can remind you when you're least expecting it in five days, weeks, months, years from now. Grad day, prom day, scholarship day, draft day, wedding day, promotion day. The day you give birth to your child. And when that image yeah. surfaces, it is then that you will feel this tremendous amount of pain. The pain of being betrayed and let down because someone you trusted <clears throat> with that image 
that you thought no one else will see now resurfaces. And I tell them, when you take a picture, <clears throat> always take a picture that your grandparents would be proud of. If you know they would be proud of, who cares if it resurfaces in 20 years? When you post something, never go from your emotions to your fingertips. Because remember, the internet never forgets. And there's a perfect example that is in my presentation now. It's uh, dated July the 2nd, where a student in the United States had their college admission rescinded because of one racial comment they made on a platform called Snapchat. And so they, this individual posted on Wait. Snapchat stories. Yeah. Wait, Paul, Snapchat yeah. disappears in 24 hours. Of course it does, Tina. <laughs> so I'm very someone, sarcastic, by the way. Yes. So someone captured it and they shared it. And now that individual is no longer going to that college of their choice because of something they posted. They thought it disappeared. Someone has a copy. And remember, I mean, we can talk about this on another show. When you send a picture on Snapchat, it does not delete. I validate that every time I speak to kids. That's a different story. Point is, what that person posted that they thought would disappear now has impacted them. So it could be a comment. It could be a meme. It could be a video. It could be a photo. If it's out there, it exists, and it can resurface without your knowledge, permission, or consent at a later time in life, and that's when it will impact you the most. And remember, technology doesn't lie. Humans do. So we will always use the excuses. Oh, Pina, I didn't mean to say that. Oh, Pina, it was an, it was an, um, an accident. It was a mistake. My favorite line, it was a lapse of judgment. These are all lies when it comes to technology because we humans instruct the technology to do something. For example, enter a racist post. We instructed it. We posted it. We can't say it was an accident. It was a mistake. No, no, you meant to do that. It's called a poor choice. And because the internet never forgets, it will remind you later on. And that is my key message to students, grade 7 to 12, and to adults each and every day. And it, it just it blows my mind every single time that people um, don't even think about that. They don't even realize it. Um, because you know why? Okay. They go from their emotions to their fingertips. Yeah, and often I want to do that. Often I get pissed and I'm ready to go at it. And then I'm like, <laughs> stop. What are you doing? Um, because the internet never forgets, you know what I mean? And is it worth that second of anger and rage or whatever you're feeling, that emotion? Um, are you ready for the consequences? Because everything, there's always a consequence, right? Exactly. Um, Paul, really quickly, really quickly, um, because you just touched upon it, and, and I know this could be a full discussion, but um, with Snapchat, you'd mentioned um, the pictures don't, don't disappear. A lot of people are like, Oh, no, my snaps are gone in 24 hours. What does he mean? No, the uh, Snapchat admitted on May 2014 that images do not delete. They paid a $2 million fine to the FTC for lying to the public. Images do not delete. Um, I have to expand more from a technical perspective. There's still evidence of the image being received on the recipient's device. But more importantly, uh, Snapchat also told everyone that if someone takes a screenshot of your photo, you'll be notified, which is factually correct. Except I've identified 12 ways you can save a Snapchat image without letting the sender know that the image was saved. And that is a part of my presentation that freaks out a lot of kids because I actually show them evidence on how it can be done. Why? Because Snapchat's the number one misused social media platform in the world. And I'm sure you understand which way that is. We don't have time to get into it. But if you're going to send a snap, make sure it's appropriate. I have no issues with Snapchat. When you misuse it and you fall into the trap of they delete, you'll have problems later on. Okay, I just I'm I'm just wanted you to say that so everyone at home could hear that loud and clear. There's twelve different ways that Paul can capture 
a photo or a conversation without even knowing, uh, without even letting the recipient know that it was done. So the the internet does not forget. Uh, Paul, also during the lockdown, you put out some interesting content. You put out a book in May. Yeah, I was supposed to publish it in July, but COVID kind of brought that up a little bit. And I thought, you know what? I really want to help parents out. So I created a book, magazine style called Online Safety for Grade 3, 4, 5, 6. It is my basic rules for online safety combined with what kids should be doing online. It's safe, educational, fun, entertaining. My whole objective was I created a GoFundMe page. I want to raise money. I really want to just give this book out. It has a lot of children donate. I was able to give a bunch of money. And so now I'm actually selling it. But the proceeds from every sale, this is interesting, go to creating more books. So the more I, I bring in for the book, the more books I can make. And those books are going to go to um, inner city schools where they need this desperately because the kids aren't getting the education that they need on online safety. And so I want to get this product into as many people's hands as possible. If you do want a copy of it, uh, visit me on my Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and type in Paul Davis Tips, all together, no space in between. You'll be brought up to my page. You can drop me a DM. I'll send you a link. You can donate $5, $10, and I will give you a copy of the book. And then those dollars, outside of obviously shipping and handling and the cost of the book, will go to making more copies of the book. But at least I will give you a reference in your house that you can go to, flip through, and say, you know what, Um, let's remember what was said in this book. And here's the best part. You can make your kids sign every page to acknowledge that they will follow the rules. So you can go back and say, oh, remember page three, no text in the bedroom? You signed it. Now you lost your iPhone. I have a copy. I haven't done that. I'm going to get them to sign off on every page tonight. Thank you so much, Paul. So Paul Davis Tips, all one word, on Facebook. Um, and where else can people follow you? Uh, my website, socialnetworkingsafety.net. <laughs> yeah, no TikTok. Socialnetworkingsafety.net or Instagram, uh, follow Paul Davis. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. And for those of you guys that may be tuned in late and missed some of the show, you can always listen back on our podcast, which is uploaded to Apple and everywhere else podcasts are. Uh, So please take a listen and and maybe share it with people that you think uh, need to hear what Paul had to say about uh, social media today, because his messages are very, very important. And we really need to spread the word about this. So thank you so much, Paul. And thank you all for listening. This is the Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And I'm your host, Tina Crispo.